We are raw and real mothers sharing our struggles, triumphs, and everything in between. We are all about being authentic and sharing who we are. None of us have it all together. We know how hard motherhood is. We also know how joyful motherhood is. We're here to grow with you. We're here to empower and support each other. As we share our hearts, we become stronger. Our stories bring us together. The mother heart is within every woman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast today with the Mother Heart Circle. We're so happy to talk with you today, and um, we will be discussing I Am Malala, the girl who stood up for education and was shot by the Taliban. Um, and it was a powerful book. It's about uh, this girl from Pakistan who um, was advocating for girls' right, a, a girl's right to go to school, to be educated. Um, at the time when she was young, going to school, her father was a, the head of a, a school, had started a school for both boys and girls, and the Taliban came in and infiltrated their area and stopped girls from going to school and, and bombed schools. They kept them from, from being able to study and learn. Um, and she stood up for her right to learn and to go to school and and would speak at uh, lots of different engagements around the country with her father, um, uh, just advocating for the right for women to, to be able to go to school and to learn. Um, and so what, what are some of the things that stood out? I mean, how do you feel about education? Would you risk? So this is, this is the other part of the story. So she goes and she's, um, and she's advocating for girls' rights to go to school and at the, a member of the Taliban come and, comes and shoots her in the face as she's returning home from school in the, in the bus. <clears throat> and um, she's in critical, she was in critical condition, almost loses her life. Luckily, she did not because now we know about the whole issue over there. But anyway, so would you, in that, the face of being able, the risk of being shot in the face, would you guys be able to stand up and have the, the bravery to go and continue to advocate for education, even knowing that you could be shot? I, I thought a lot about this, and I think naturally I would be like, lock my doors, lock everything, we're going to stay right here, put, no one's going to harm my child, no one's going to, you know... And then I thought, but they knew that if they caved to the fear, the whole entire country would also have less opportunity to grow and learn and, be, and women would have less opportunity be, to use their potential and to, you know, um, become the women they can become. And so I see where they're coming from, why even in the face of all that danger that um, Malala and even her mother and her father said, we're doing this because it's the right thing to do. And sometimes the fear is there, but there's also the counter where you need to have the faith and still push past all the fear and move forward because it's right. Yeah. Even dangerous. Isn't that a message for us today? I feel like there's so much fear. And in the face of fear, it's easy to just lock ourselves away and to be too afraid to do what we feel is right. And But right, I feel like, will always result in um, something far greater than just safety. So 
fun. Well, that was definitely how she felt. She she was very much like, well, we're all going to die at some point. So if mine is sooner than later, at least I will have stood up and I will have spoken and and made a difference, you know, and done my part in trying to help everyone have the right to have an education. So I thought that was pretty powerful. Right. I was really impressed with her, how solid her convictions were. Like she... Um, and her faith in God, like she knew that her um, her goals and her dreams were good, and because of that, she knew God would help her and would protect her in a way. Yeah. At least that's what it said in the book. Like that that's what she she just had faith that God would help her to accomplish those things because she knew that they were good and worthy things to accomplish. Her they, faith really inspired me. Also yeah, cool. and it's like, okay, well, let's see. Maybe I need to work on that for myself when things come along in the world. Yeah, while I was reading emotions. that, like about her trust and faith in God, I thought she could be questioning God and saying, why is this happening? Why is this, why are, are all these, you know, terrorists bombing my city and there's death all around me? I've been abandoned by God. She didn't. She never questioned God's goodness, and she always led with the faith and trust that he will lead her, and that was just super incredible and inspiring to me. Well, not only that, but because, you know, the Taliban were using their religion against him, basically, right? They were saying, um, you know, you need, to, you need to do these things, and that's what Islam is about. That's, that's how you become a good Muslim is, is you don't, women don't go to school. They stay inside, and they don't come out, and they don't talk to other males besides their relatives. They, you know, and, and they had all these, like, really strict laws that they were trying to implement that in the name of Islam, right, that they were and in the name of God and that the Quran said these things. And she's like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't say things. It never says those things. But because of the ignorance of a lot of the people, because they, most of the women there can't read. They haven't gone to school. Um, and a lot of the men, you know, it's there's a lot of poverty and stuff. And so, um, you know, it's it was sad that the Taliban basically were using their religion against them. And, you know, to, to be able to keep your faith and, and belief in God and belief in your religion when there's these these men that are have radicalized it and twisted it into something evil, basically to like be able to like sort between those two and realize, Hey, this, this is not Islam. This is not my religion. What these guys have turned it into. That is not my religion. I, I believe in God and this is, you know, what it is. And I think, you know, it's, it's really good for us in the Western world to realize that there is a difference that that's not, we can't lump them all together because it's not the same. Um, and I love how she she keeps her faith and she's able to see through, the, I guess, their lies and their radicalism, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that would have been really tough. Like, I don't know if I I would have been able to separate that in, in that circumstance, you know. To me, it shows um, how important her upbringing was with her father being having passion for education and him loving her and helping like her feel special and like showing her who she is in a way. Um, how do you guys feel like her upbringing influenced her courage and her faith? That's a really good question. It just shows me just how important um, 
parental figures are in our lives. Well, yeah. her name is important. Uh, he named her Malala after, do you guys remember, like, who Malala was named after? I think yeah, it was Malala Malalai or something like that. She mm -hmm. was a woman warrior, right? Or I guess she, they were, they were battling um, the British, you know, decades earlier or something. And, and they were losing against the British. And so the, she comes out and it's basically like, you know, recites a poem to them to inspire them to, um, to fight harder. And because of her words, they were able to win the war or the win the battle. Um, and she actually gets killed on the battlefield um, because of it. But, you know, just to show that she's a warrior, right? <clears throat> oh, that's cool. And that's who yeah. she was named after. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. really cool. I love, I really love her parents. I think her parents were huge in who she became mm -hmm. and has become because um, her father really bucked the trends of their culture if that makes sense like mm -hmm. most of the time when a girl is born um you know people don't celebrate over there it's like oh a girl you know and when a boy is they're like woohoo give gifts let's celebrate or whatever but he said no you need to celebrate and give gifts just as if she were a boy because I am so excited that she's here um and then all growing up he was very influential and you know, encouraging her to go to school and to learn and to speak out with him when he would go to speaking events. Um, but she saw him do all of those things. He was a leader in like four or five different um, non-governmental organizations, what NGOs, what they call them, um, that we, that he was trying to, he's like, all I want to do is, is start a school. But in order to start the school, I have to convince people that it's okay to teach women. And I have to convince people to like, take care of the, the environment so that we are healthy and that, you know, our Valley can stay beautiful. And so he was uh, in became leadership in like four or five different organizations. And he was constantly going out and, and speaking to people and educating them basically about these, these issues and what they could do to better them. And he would take her along and, and let her speak, you know, and the other thing I thought was interesting. So her father was, um, you know, he, had a stutter when he was younger and he was a horrible public speaker. And then uh, his father was this amazing speaker. And because he wanted the love of his father, he worked through it until he became a great public speaker. And so I think, you know, again, his father, his influence on him made a huge difference. And then he made a huge influence on Malala and, and encouraging her to be involved and active and, um, speaking out on important issues. So, yeah. What this, all of this has me thinking is like we all have these unique missions and gifts and they were definitely public speakers in that family and that was a gift that they had that they passed down and I think it was part of like their life mission. Like look at how Malala has influenced so many people around the globe. Like that was something and I think when you know it's part of who you are and like what your life purpose is, something that is just so a part of you, then it's easier to, to, to go forward and do that thing, even in the face of danger. And so I think part of the reason that Malala was able to stand so tall and strong amidst all the dangers in her family was because they knew it was exactly like why they were here. Like it was their purpose and, and they they recognized. So they were so aware of, 
the importance of protecting and preserving those their right to educate and and learn and they understood the power and influence that one person being educated had and how that trickles down and can affect so many people and we see just from Malala's family from her grandparent you know her grandfather to her father and even to her mother who she talks often about how her mother you know couldn't couldn't read and and write but she her her father often turned to her mother which was uncommon in their culture because of her wisdom and her perspective and um and so um as women we all have unique gifts and perspectives and from one woman to another our particular mission um may be different and i think when we like it, it makes me want to like ask like look inside of myself and ask like what is like what is one thing in my life that i know if 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 i had a gun you know if i was being threatened with a gun that i would still stand up for that and that would probably help me to really understand what my purpose is in this life if i knew like i could i could stand and face a gun if it was for that one thing so anyway. one thing that i thought was really cool you know just the the fact that he was so active was um and she was as well in in the community and trying to help make things better and i thought well what do I do? Do you know how much have I done to to be active in in something? You know, and I think I have a, a number of friends that talk about having your mission, finding your mission in life, and you know, then grabbing hold of it and, and really moving forward. And Malala was definitely doing that. Her father was doing that. They found their mission. But I think sometimes we let the search for the right mission hold us back from actually doing something, you know, like I think it's more important to look around and see a problem that can be fixed, you know, or that needs to be fixed or needs to be worked on and just say, that's what I'm going to work on and just choose it rather than worrying so much about finding the right one. You know, I think that that's, that's a way to procrastinate rather than like looking around and saying, Hey, look, something needs to be done here. I can do that. I can, I can start making change. I can make awareness. I can, you know, start doing something and it doesn't have to be my life mission necessarily. I can make it my life mission, you know? Yeah. And if you look at Malala's life, she didn't like just reach out one day randomly and say, Oh, I want to get an education and I want to be an advocate for women's rights. It, it, it kind of fell into her lap because of the nature of the family she was raised in, the nature of her parents, the way way they were raised by their parents. And so it wasn't like she was, you know, going and walking into the community and, and looking outward, trying to find something somewhere outside of herself. It was already within her own home. She grew up in a school like she, you know, so it was already just a part of her and a part of her life. And I think the same is for us. A lot of times we think we have to like go and do something big and grand but really if you look at all of these big and grand people they didn't go searching you know the world for something impactful they could do they just did what was already right in front of them to do yeah. and I think the same is for us we each we if we just look in within our homes the walls of our homes and start there there's already something for us to do and I think the only difference between them I don't even think there's a difference. It's just we all have a different purpose and we have to recognize like where is our our influence and yeah maybe we're not writing a book that's like impacting millions of people 
but we still have an influence and an impact that we are making and it has a trickling effect just like you see with her family her family line so as yeah. I look back on my life I noticed that I already have been living my purpose and it's like a puzzle mm -hmm. I'm piecing together the pieces of the puzzle and one piece and makes the next piece look um more, com more complete and whole mm -hmm. so it really is like we're living our purpose every day and come and the next piece comes and the next piece comes and the next piece comes and it yeah yeah well i, I think i think sometimes we it like like the mission can fall into our lap like it did for malala and other times we can go looking for it and that's great too so i think you know you can work within your sphere of influence and there's a lot of people out there going and doing big things and you can be part of that movement. You don't have to create your own. You can be part of theirs and do what little you can to help those things that are feel far away or whatever. But like you said, sometimes it's the thing that's right in front of your face that really needs to be done. And that's what's within your circle of influence. So I like that. Yeah. Malala, she shares a story about, when she realized what her mission and purpose was, she was she brought some trash to their local dump and she saw children just rummaging through it and trying to find anything valuable that they can. And she went home and she said, Why are they there? Why are they doing that? And her and she said she dragged her father there to see them and to talk with them, but the children ran off because they were scared and um that was so impactful for her because that's when she realized that, um, uh, I'm going to just read it to you. She says, I believe there's something good for every evil, that every time there's a bad person, God sends a good one. So I decided it was time to talk to God about this problem. And this is right after her experience at the dump. And um, she realized that those children were getting money to support their families. And because they had to support their families, they weren't able to go to school. They weren't able to nurture their minds and their you know they just had to scratch and survive for their for their livelihood um so she said so i decided it was time to talk to god about the problem dear god i wrote in a letter did you know there are children who are forced to work in the rubbish heap and i stopped of course he knew then i realized that it was his will that i had seen them and so often when we think about our life purposes and we question like, why are these hard things happening to this family? Or why does this happen to, you know, those people? Maybe it's meant for us to see them just like it was meant for Malala to see these people because that allowed her to see her mission and purpose in life so much more clearly. And she goes on to say, he was showing me what my life might be like if I couldn't go to school. Until then, I had believed a magic pencil could change the world. Now I knew I would have to do something. Isn't it so cool? I didn't know what it was, but I asked God for the strength and courage to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. So it's just beautiful. She took what was in her heart and prayed with faith to help to, to Heavenly Father that he could help her make her world a better place. I, I just, love it. I, she's so inspirational. Well, and I love, too, that she talks about um, how God will help us, you know, we can pray and God will help us, but he's not going to do everything for us. Like he expects us to work. Like, you know, they were, they were joking one day about praying to God to, for help with their exams. Cause that she took that really seriously. And one of the teachers just like, just remember, you know, that's fine to pray about it, but 
God's not going to not going to help you if you're not doing any of your studies, you know, like he's, you've got to do some work here. Um, and, and I thought that was, well, two things. First, I thought that was so cool. That story, she goes back to her dad and says, dad, you know, why can't we let some of these kids go into the school for free? And he actually did let a lot of kids go for free and they had families and kids and students living with them all the time. And, um, feeding people and letting kids go to school for free. They even actually lost business because some of the rich students that could afford to go to school um, found out that they were going to school along with like, you know, poppers basically. And, you know, we're like, oh, well, we don't want our kids going to school here with them. Um, but so they did let a lot of people go to school for free and, and were helping a lot. But then he pointed out, but, you know, there are some of those kids from the garbage dump that they're, they're breadwinners in their family. They're the ones making the money. So they, they can't go to school because they have to take care of their families, you know. And she did create a fund later on to, to try and help those students and families so that they could get an education. But I thought it was also cool that she, um, that she really tried hard. Like, she was the top student in her class almost the whole way up. Like, she worked hard. She studied hard. School was her life. Education was her life. She loved it and she worked hard at it and she was so grateful for it. And I think that because of her trials and, and because of the resistance that she received in being able to be educated, she appreciated it a lot more. And I think that was the thing that I took away from, from one of the big lessons was that, you know, to appreciate what we had to appreciate the freedoms and the ability to get an education and to, you know, go where we want and to, um, to worship the way that we want and to be grateful for those things. Even if we just do that, you know, and that's the lesson we learn to be grateful because we, you know, we have so many freedoms that, that she didn't and that the people in Pakistan and other places in the world don't have right now that they're, having to fight for that we kind of take for granted. And so rather than taking for granted to be grateful for, for those things and, and appreciate them by doing them, you know, or like embracing them and helping other people see the blessings that they are. So I think about like my kids and just as I was reading this, I just kept seeing the image of my kids with books all over our living room floor. Cause they're, you know, spending hours reading books and it just gave me a whole new perspective of, just how fortunate we are to have access to so much. We do. Um, and that's our freedom. Really, like, the education is freedom. Like, to have knowledge of truth is freedom. That's why people throughout all of history have sacrificed their lives for books, for literature, for the Bible for scriptures, for, you know, education, because they recognize that that is freedom, that to know truth frees a soul and also frees a community and a society because now you can't, you can't fall for the lies and the deception that we've seen in, in this story that, or this his account that Malala has shared of what she was experiencing in her little area. Um, so, yeah. I love the imagery in this book where Malala, um, she talks about how her father says that this is my daughter. Isn't she wonderful? She's going to soar one day. And she, he 
Throughout the book, she's compared to this bird that's going to fly and do wonderful things for the world. And um, Malala says, in a country where women aren't allowed out in public without a man, we girls traveled far and wide inside the pages of our book. And then she goes on to say, the crazy world could carry on outside the walls of the Kushaw school, but inside we could be who we were. So isn't that so beautiful to think like she was given this opportunity to learn and discover and to use some of her potential. And instead of being selfish about it, she used her gifts of speaking and of writing and shared with the world through her diary entries in journals and newspapers about what she was going through. And that opened up the doorway for so many other women and children who needed, who needed educa education. So, yeah, a lot of times our trials, if we have that faith and trust, then those trials can turn into magnificent strength and they can help us grow and become who we really are on the inside. So, yeah, go ahead. I think that's what they're meant to do, right? Yeah. Well, I thought it was really cool, too. Like, she's just one girl, one girl from Pakistan, you know, and and yet, look how far-reaching her story has gone, and how much she's been able to to help. And so that was that was a huge thing. Like, do you believe that one person can really change the world? And obviously, there, you know, one person can in their own way. Like her, her story has reached a lot of people. She was able to talk to a lot of big influential people and really make a difference in her country. Now, her country still has a long way to go before they um, have the freedoms and that she's advocating for. Okay. But I think that it's the knowledge that everyone else has of what's going on over there and, and kind of some of the problems and issues and, uh, and whatnot, like, has helped to get the ball rolling, you know. So I think that she's made a huge difference. Just one voice, just one person, and one person can make a big difference. Can't help but think that the more you educate the woman and empower the woman to fulfill their role and their power, that it influences the nation. And the more we receive, we're allowed mm -hmm. to express ourselves and be who we are and make the influence. Like it makes a big difference in their, in our communities and in our world. One thing that I that I thought of as I okay, so I was reading and I didn't get to all of my chores today, right? And I. They come out, and the house is a pig sky, and the kids are all over the place. <laughs> but I started thinking about her mom and just how important mothers are. Mothers in the home are so important. And because I started thinking, like, oh, well, what great things am I doing? I'm just at home all day with my kids, cleaning the house, doing dishes, laundry, you know, like regular stuff. But I started thinking about how important her mom was. Her dad was gone a lot, and even though he was – unusual for a dad because he was he would talk to his wife about problems he was having and discuss with her he would you know really include the children and what he was doing but he was gone a lot throughout the day doing all of the things that he was doing right on on all in all of the organizations and running his school and her mother was there she was the one that took him to the hospital which was very unusual usually the father had to take them to the hospital to get surgeries or whatever he was, she was the one that took them out shopping to get their clothes, which 
again, was very unusual. Most of the time it had to be the man or they had to be escorted by a man. Um, and so, but the mother was there all the time, keeping things going, keeping things, food on the table and, you know, keeping the house um, managed so that the kids could go and they could study and they could go to school and they could focus on that and not have to worry if they were coming home to food and coming home to a warm home to, to be comfortable in. And I, you know, I think that sometimes as mothers, we discount how powerful our role is to be able to like just manage the household so the kids don't have to worry so they can be calm and be happy and realize that they're being taken care of, you know, to just manage those things is so important so that they can get the education that they need so that they can feel the love so they can feel um, safe and secure. And, um, you know, in, in our household, you know, my husband's working all day and I'm the one making sure that meals are happening and things get cleaned and, and the kids get to the dentist appointments and, you know, and those seem like small mundane things, but being a mother is so important and to, to have that security for the kids is so important. So, yeah, I think. Yeah. To go with that, along with that, Janessa. Lala says, my father is like a falcon, the one who dared to fly where others would not go. And my mother is the one with her feet firmly planted on the ground. She provided a foundation and stabilization and home of nurturing and love and safety and peace. And at times, like, um, they would have fear. They weren't always just th these courageous, this courageous family. At, in the book, it said, at night we have fear, but in the morning, in the light, we are courageous. So I think that is just a huge metaphor for our lives. If we can turn to God and turn to the light, then we can do anything. It's that faith that will help us fulfill our purpose and our mission. I think courage isn't courage without fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have to face that fear and keep doing the right thing anyway. So, and Malala certainly did that. <clears throat> courage isn't courage without faith as well. It's true. Because there, yeah, I love that. So the, so I'm just, I, I think it's really ironic. We're here talking about like this book and Malala, who's a strong advocate for women's rights and freedoms, you know, and where she comes from a place where she had no right. You know, a lot of people didn't have the right to even walk on the street. A lot of the girls and women to, you know, go to the store, to even show their face, to get an education, to be able to read, to, to even go outside of their house. Like from, you know, a certain point, they were just locked in their home and their job was to cook and clean. And they didn't even have the same rights as the men to eat certain foods. And um, it's just, it's really interesting. I can just hear like the feminist side of me going, wait, hold on, hold on. Cause now we're choosing to be in the home. We're choosing to cook and clean and we're choosing instead of going out. So I wanted to like put out this question. So what is the difference? Cause we know there is a difference, but what, what difference does that make for us to know we have the freedom to educate ourselves, to go out and work if that's, you know, what we needed to do or desire to do um, to, um, get an education as mothers and to allow our children to get an education without worrying about their life being in danger just because they want to go to school. I think the difference is the freedom to choose. 
they didn't have the they don't have the freedom to make the choice. When we make the choice and it comes from ourselves, it's it that's what makes the difference. Yeah. It allows you to dream, you know, like and it allows you to use that gift the gifts with it within you to accomplish those dreams and desires. You don't feel stifled or stuck. You can move through life and know you can do great things. Well, I think that's a big thing, too, was like the Taliban were there terrorizing them and forcing them to live by these laws and rules. And, uh, you know, they and I think a lot of the women there would choose the life that they have or would choose at least, you know, to be at home with their kids and be right. mothers and you no. Know, but, but again, it's that choice. It's that the choice to be able to, to decide for yourself which direction you're going to go. And I think that's an important thing, you know, like the Taliban are trying to be the morality police, like, you know, whipping people for, for breaking the, the laws that they set up, you know, and they weren't following them. So they're whipping them for, for not being moral. And I think that's one thing that we have to be um, careful of, right? Is that, oh, you know, I just, I was noticing this afternoon when I, when I was done, I was like, education is important, kids. Like, we need to get your education, like, push, 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 right? And realizing, like, guess what? If it's still, we need it to be a choice for them, too. Like, they need to be able to choose to fail and choose to not get an education and, or to choose to, to, to get it. You know what I mean? Like, we need to learn to, like, even in our, in our, our own gratitude and, and knowing what's going to be best, give that freedom to others around us instead of judging them for what they're doing or not doing, you know, allow them the freedom to, to fail or to not do it or to not appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. um, just really embrace the freedom and allowing people to, to be them and do do what they want to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In, in uh, obviously in a certain respect. Yeah, surely. <clears throat> um, yeah, I had some key takeaways <clears throat> from this book that I wanted to add <clears throat> that I feel like are very applicable to our current situation in the world um, where we've been dealing with the pandemic. Um, so in the beginning of <clears throat> the book, she talks about um, how in Pakistan they experienced some extreme earthquakes in their country. And um, so the mullahs preached that the earthquake was a warning from God. And if they didn't mend their ways and introduce Sharia law or Islamic law, more severe punishment would come. She said the whole country was in shock for a long time after the earthquake. We, will, we were vulnerable which made it that much easier for someone with bad intentions to use a nation's fear for his gain. And so I think that's so important to be aware of that is, is that, yeah, we're going to have trials and, and things that come along in our lives and we can either choose to react with fear or we can choose to react with faith. And, and if we are in a fear-based mentality, there are people who will take advantage of that. And try to take away our, our, our freedoms. That's and fear, just if you think about fear, fear holds us back. Who doesn't have a fear of something that holds us back from accomplishing really good things in our lives? 
And so I think that's a really important thing to be aware of is to fight fear with faith in God because God will help us through that. Um, and then I wanted to add one more thing to that. Like, how did Malala fight the Taliban? Did she fight with with violence the way they fought? No, she didn't. Um, and she said, she says this. I asked myself what I would do if a Talib came to kill me. Well, I would just take my shoe and hit him. But then I thought, if you hit a Talib with your shoe, there's no difference between him and you. You must not treat others with cruelty. You must fight them with peace and dialogue. And I think every one of us can do those two things. Every one of us, whether we're a child, a mother, a father, we can fight with peace and dialogue. We can encourage peace in our homes. We can encourage open dialogue. I don't know about you guys, but in my home, we're always talking about all sorts of stuff. My husband and I and our kids are always in the room and joining in the conversation and things. And so I think it's just super important that we remember that. Fight fear with faith and fight the violence with peace and dialogue. So those are my key takeaways from this book that I feel like are so applicable right now. We're like right in the midst of, of fear tactics and things like that, um, that we need to just practice faith and have an open dialogue, practice peace, lo love and, and compassion. And let's keep talking and sharing what we know. Very yeah. Shirley. Like, that is right so, so powerful, Shirley. Perfect. It, I. Did you want have something to say, Anna Maria? Oh, I wasn't sure if I was on mute or not. Am I? We can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I so agree with you, Shirley. Like right now, we're in the middle of this pandemic, and if we are not careful, and we, what happens in history is little by little, leaders who want to gain more power and more control for whatever purposes they have in their minds will use fear tactics to gain that control. And that has been shown throughout the history of the world. And yep. so I think as we're in this pandemic, it's so crucial that we use our discernment. If we start seeing things come up in our government and our nation throughout the world, where our rights are slowly being manipulated or taken away, then we need to start using dialogue and spread it everywhere. It's very important that we use our voices and our discernment. So well, and I think I think Anna Maria too. Yeah, we're and as a people, people are more willing to give up in the name of fear. They want security over freedom, and so mm. you know that's when there is a lot more fear. People are like, well, we just want to be secure. So yeah, let's give up some of our freedoms so that we can be more secure. Yeah, and yet, you know, that it makes us less secure, I guess, in the long right. run because. Power it's a false sense of security. Term security. I was thinking that exact same thing, Janessa. The question was coming to my mind is what's more important to us? Is it more important to us to be safe or to be free? Um, is freedom more important or is safety more important? And I think in Malala's case, she chose freedom. And that's that's why she's her story is spreading everywhere is because she was such an example of that. And I think within our hearts that speaks to us because we know deep inside that, that, that how important that is. And obviously we want safety and freedom, right? 
But in her case, she had one option. She had either safety or either freedom. She didn't have both options. So when we're faced with one or the other, um, I hope that we can be like Malala and be brave and and choose freedom. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it, no matter what era humankind has been in, freedom is hard fought for. And I think, you know, right now it still needs to be fought for. Um, Mm -hmm. If we're not, if we're not fighting for it, we're losing it <laughs> in my opinion. So yeah. it doesn't stick around unless you're fighting for it constantly. Right. As soon as we stop sharing our voices, as soon as we start muting ourselves, that's when we start handing away our freedom slowly. And I think it's so cool that we're doing this podcast because I feel like it's a way to say to ourselves, like we don't, I don't know how many listeners we have. So hello, if you're listening, thank you. But we don't really necessarily expect to be having a ton of listeners. But just the fact that we're doing this as women, we're educating each other. We're hopefully helping someone else to be able to be inspired and be educated as well. And we are setting examples for our children of educating and we're women too. So we're like, I don't know. I feel like we're we're showing gratitude for the privileges we have of receiving an education by being here right now and and learning from good books um, of truth. As mothers, we are visionaries. We are creators. We are nurturers, and so with those gifts that we all innately have, it is so important that we dream that we dream about the future for our children. That we think when my son is an adult and has his own family and his own children, what do I want the world to look like for him? What am I willing to sacrifice right now so that he has what I have or more and better? I don't want his freedom taken away little by little. I want him to experience life fully. Mm -hmm. I want him to live and be intelligent and studied books and learn from the best. And so, yeah, I'm so grateful that we are mothers and that we can use these gifts that we've been given. I think sometimes there's a tendency to think that because, you know, we live in the nation we live in, or maybe other people think this in their and the place they live in too, that we're invincible and that, you know, we will never lose our freedoms and that's impossible and that can never happen. But that's exactly when that does happen. If you look at history. That's exactly when it happens is when we start thinking, oh, no, there's nothing could ever happen. No problems could ever happen. And this is just, you know, this isn't going to really have a, cause us to lose our freedoms. And so it's there's never a wrong time to be advocating for our rights and our freedoms, even if we think that we have even if we're looking at all these privileges that we have now, there's never a wrong time. I keep thinking this podcast is prophetic for whatever reason this whole time. And I'm not saying we're prophetesses or whatever, but it feels prophetic. Like that this information and the things we're talking about are going to be very important for our future and for our children in the future. So I'm just really grateful we're sharing this book right now. Yeah, this is, this is our little way of trying to give back to the world to like help advocate for motherhood and you know, self-development and inspiration, just like Malala. Inalienable rights of humans. Thank you, Malala, for letting us know security is not the best way. Right. Yeah. And that, and that, letting just letting your voice be heard 
is doing something is is making a difference and can make a difference and you know uh, that's going to help other people can we just also point out the complete miracle it is that Malala survived that yeah and I can't help but think of Corey Ten Boom who survived um she's another hero of mine um and she was imprisoned during World War II um and she survived that as well and um, both of them have some parallels in their faith and their determination and their willingness to stand up for what is right, no matter what their risk is. And they both show me that when you're willing to stand up what's right, God's will will be done and he will protect you. And both of them are witness to me of that truth. And I think when we can look at these humans, these individuals, these mothers, these women, um, I, I, I want to remind myself that. That God will protect me when I am doing what is right. When I am doing what I know I came to this earth to do. When I am fulfilling my purpose, no matter what the risk, he will protect me. And if I go to him sooner than later, because I, I live my purpose, then it, I know I will be in his hands because I was doing his work. And that gives me so much peace to know that I'm, you know, my life is, I'm, I'm at the mercy of his, his, like his grace is, I don't, I, I have struggling with words here, but, um, but I know that his power is real and, and that he will provide and none of us will, um, leave this life serving him before we're supposed to. And that he'll guide us too. Like, uh, you know, as long as we are willing to put one foot in front of the other, he'll guide us to know which way to go. Even maybe we get lost along the way, but he'll be, he's guiding our footsteps as we move forward, you know, and, and being able to embrace a mission and to try and make a difference in the world and to give back and to serve people. It's a hard thing to do and hard to know how to move forward and how to help, how to make a difference, but he will guide us and, um, and does guide us. Not just us, but everyone who will guide you. And so in your in your daily life, as you look around and see what problems you can help solve, he'll guide and direct you to know what to do and, and how to do it to make a difference as well. So, well, thank you guys. That was so amazing. I love this discussion. Please go and get the book, I Am Alala, and read it and be inspired as well. And um we love you, and we will talk to you next time. Hold on. I just have to say our next podcast is going to be with Wileen Benson, who her gift is to help people find their gifts and their purpose and just help them live their mission. So that kind of just leads right into that next next month. So, Yay. I'm excited for that. Next again. Yay. Okay, so Wiley, next time, learn your purpose. Awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining our Mother Heart Circle. Please send us your thoughts, inspiration, experiences, and stories. Your voice is important. Your wisdom and your hearts are needed. We believe in you, we love you, and thank you for being you.